2: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, January 29 2019. I'm Steve Peasley, and I really do thank you for joining me today. And whether you're a regular listener or new to the program, we have a serious objective here. We always have the same objective. And as always, to make you or help you to achieve financial freedom, make you a better investor. What's financial freedom though? When you think about it, what does it mean? Well, for me, and how I describe it, we are all working hard to get to a point where we don't have to work so hard. And if you're working really, really hard, but you love it, then it's okay. But most of us are working at jobs that we work at, and maybe we love it, maybe we like it, maybe we don't like it. But we're all working for, you know, some security, financial freedom, a comfort zone, whatever that may be, Right? Uh, for everybody, it's different. I don't know what your comfort zone is. So to me, that's the simple definition of financial freedom. Now today, in this hour, I'm going to do my best to help you get there one step at a time. And along the way, now I do hope you'll participate by calling your, you know, calling in your financial uh, and investment questions here to the show. Now anytime this online our, is open right now, and I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, we have some interesting news. We, you know, it's earnings season. And this is a pretty big week for, 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 for profits being announced. So far, the s earnings are up about 15.9% versus last year. And that's a much better number than they expected going into this earnings season. I think it was a little under 10%. Here it is, almost 16% so far. They're not done yet, but it's been pretty strong. Okay. Um, margins, but um, the margins, you know what profit margin is? Okay. You have sales and then you have earnings. So what you actually put in your pocket is earnings. Sales is what you sold. But you got all the costs of producing that item and selling that product. So earnings are, the, are what you put in the pocket. Pocket. The difference between those two. How much earnings you put into your pocket? What percentage of that sales is the margin? What's my profit margin on that sales? And you always like to see that going up, but it's getting pretty tight, pretty tight. So that was That's what's going on in our in our um, in our um, earning season. And so the results have been pretty good, but probably a lot of those earnings have been priced into the market. We've seen them bounce up. So maybe we've seen that bounce up now. Maybe everybody's knows what we're gonna get after this earnings season. What's gonna happen is everything's gonna be everybody's gonna be focused on the U.S.-China trade deal. I mean, that's gonna be a pretty, uh, pretty stiff. That's a pretty stiff headwind going forward. And the weakness in China is a problem, right? Their economic economic weakness. We talked about that last week. They grew. They say they grew six points. Six point something percent, which was their lowest in forever. But I'm not so sure, of course, that's a correct number, but it's been a tiff- tough, tough, situation for China. OK, uh, and, I mean, some of the big reports we've had, like from NVIDIA, half their sales are from China. Uh, Caterpillar. It says that you know weakness in China has really hurt them. Broadcom, Micron Technology, Qualcomm, SkyWorks, Wayne, Win Resorts—all those companies were you know whining about weakness in China for their profits. So we'll see. Because this morning, consumer confidence number was out: one hundred twenty point two. That was a decline in consumer confidence. It's not one of my favorite economic reports. And we're still getting delayed on other economic reports because of the government shutdown. But consumer confidence, anything, 120 is still relatively high, but that has been the lowest in three months. Now, it's probably all about the government shutdown. So, you know, there's always lots of news. There's always lots of news. Uh, Big tech in general has not, appears to have a generally serious problem with Privacy and security. You know, do you remember the book 1984? Well, that was supposed to be the government overlooking and watching you and doing, you know, uh, micromanaging everything you do and seeing what you see. That was the whole book was about Big Brother watching you. Well, Big Brother today is big tech. And in particular, Facebook has been the one that's having the most problems with their. You know, reporting blocking the ability to for outside groups attempting to execute privacy targeting oversight. And, you know, Facebook's got problems with that. They seem to be favoring some sites over others. And you're thinking that, you know, oh, it's just a website. You know, they'll show, you know, it shows everything. Mm, Apparently they can control it. And don't think Facebook's going to be alone. Google has billions of users, they could do it. Yeah, so you got to be careful about what I'm concerned is, you know, is that they are spoiling their own free hand in all this because the government will come in and say, hey, you have to do it X, Y, Z. If the government finds that they are being prejudiced one way or another, the government will come in and start setting rules and regulations that they're going to have to find. So which big tech is one to, you should invest? Should it be Facebook, Google, maybe Apple, or Netflix, Microsoft? Which one? Interesting stuff out there, everybody. As you can tell, there's always lots of data, market news, things that push stocks, stocks around. But let's go ahead and grab our first question of the day. And now this line number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is Brandon,
0: and I was calling because I was looking at getting into investing and uh, getting into the stock market, but I was wondering what good books could you recommend for a beginner? I have a random walk down Wall Street. I just wanted to know if there's any other reading material I can go out and purchase. Thank you.
2: Well, that's a good book. The one you just uh, just quoted, Random Walk Down Wall Street. I like, uh, th- there's a number of them out there. That, of course, you could always read mine. Above-average investor, the average investor, but there's a number of really good books that you know are go from the simple to the complex, and it depends on you. The uh, there there is I'm I'm pulling up my own library and looking at some of my books here. On our website, of course, we have a list of books, you know, on the website for you that to, to look at, and it will list all the books. But I like. Uh, um, uh, uh, let's see, who, who, the man who just died, Google uh, Bogle. He wrote several good books out there that I like. Um, he likes uh, index investing. That was his, his main, you just, you just go to our website, investtalk.com or, or kppfinancial.com. And on the right hand menu is a drop down menu at the upper right. And there's a, there's a, uh, a site on our website that just is still called Books. And it'll take you right to it. But, you know, I, I, some really good books that are not necessarily investing books are like uh, um, books on some of the popular delusions and the madness of crowds kind of tells you what happens when everybody jumps on the same bag wagon, like in the dot-com ex- explosion, like the housing craziness in 2000 four, five, six, it it talks about that kind of thing. the different kinds of crowd vesting that you get involved in and you get in a panic and you you just go with everybody and that's crazy. And I also like um, creative destruction, which kind of describes our, our economic system where you destroy some companies while you're creating new ones because they're the new and latest things and the old company's out and the new company's in that's very common and those are good philosophy books kind of books when it comes to investing i think you need to have you need to have that in your background i really do now if any of the information discussed on today's program raises further questions in your mind well with regard to how market news may affect your portfolio i really encourage you to reach out to justin or myself at kpp financial You can call our Dana Point California offices or you can send us an email, a message. You can go through investtalk.com. We we make a very strong effort to answer our emails, all our emails. Our anytime listener line never closes. And at the moment, I am taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
0: The market continues to show ups and downs, and of course, you want unbiased investing advice. So, Steve is here taking your calls
2: live, eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. 992 4278 our main talking point today, was the market's fourth quarter volatility a passing scare, a reaction to possible Fed mistake, or a real thing? Investors remain on edge even after the big January comeback. We'll take a look at that story here. Some of the other topics we're going to talk about. Beware of the IRS. Remember they said it's going to take them a while to get on, um, uh, get uh, caught up? Well, let's say it takes them a year. They still audit your 2018 a year from now returns. Doesn't stop them from going back as far as they can go back several years. Then you're going to have to pay penalties and interest They don't care. I've I've been audited. I know how that works. I've been audited two or three times. Never had to pay extra anything, but I know how it works. Um, So they're going to look for certain things, and I'm going to warn you about the certain things they're looking for. Uh, The slump in global trade is a bigger threat than markets imagine. This is according to one economist that I kind of like, so we'll talk about that. Home price growth skids for a four-year low, the Case-Shiller report. Case-Shiller report. That's the report that, that is the 20-city index. looks at 20 cities and talks about price increases and medium prices and you know all the different things about the prices of homes and sales in those 20 cities. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Of course, I want to talk about what's on your mind first. What do you want to talk about? You give us a call and I'll answer any financial questions you have. The market is out. the Dow was up 52%, 52 points. The Nasdaq was down 57 points. And the S&P 500, a broader index, because those two, the Dow and the Nasdaq are more focused, the broader index was down four points today. So nothing major. But still, you know, I, as I warned you a week or so ago, I said that the market probably is very close to um, a point where it's gonna have trouble breaking through, okay. And I and of course I talked about Fibonacci numbers then. Do you remember that? And uh, it it looks like that's what we're hitting. We're hitting resistance here. Last one, two, three, four, five, six. About six or seven days. It's mostly sideways, okay. Sideways for the market. Now this is where it will consolidate. The consolidation, if it consolidates here, and it can consolidate a week, a month. I've seen consolidations last a year, okay? But it's it's probably going to consolidate here. Now, whether it move up or down, I'm having my suspicions. Let me put it this way. No one knows. I'm just going by my own personal experience over the years, okay? And I can be wrong. But generally, I'm more right than wrong. But I think what we're going to see is a little retracement here. I don't think we're going to go all the way back to the bottom where we were. I don't. But it really is going to depend on what comes out of Washington concerning the Chinese China trade, what the Fed's going to do. I mean, there's And, remember, and we also, something that people are not really talking about, uh, the Brexit. Because all that, that affects world trade. We'll see. Let's go to Amit Amit in San Jose. Do we have time to go to him, by the way? Okay. I meant, I'm sorry, I, I was too verbose, talked too long, and I don't want to cut you short, cut off you short, so I know you want to talk about Apple, we'll do that right after the break, you'll be first up. You're listening to Invest Talk, I'm Steve Peasley, and I believe that every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance, as, and as a first step to doing that, to find out, you can go to our, we have free software, go to our risk tolerance questions on our website, it's free. And it's a tool that we use. InvestTalk.com is where you go. It's a risk-alize. It's a risk question. It's very short. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is
0: InvestTalk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investdog.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Okay.
2: Amit, how you doing? Thank you for waiting. I really appreciate it. You want to talk about Apple? A-A-P-L is a symbol. What about Apple? Do you own it? Do you want to sell it? Do you want to buy it?
0: Yeah, I, I have it. Uh, my cost basis is 146, and uh, I was wondering if this 142, area is the bottom for now, or uh-huh. can it make new lows?
2: Now, I, I think that's the bottom. I think we've seen the bottom in Apple for this cycle. Um, so I, I actually think, yeah, this. If you were going to, I wouldn't sell it. And if anything, I would be a buyer of Apple at this price. For everybody else, the Apple got up to $230 in October and then fell all the way down, as Amit said, about $142. And today it's, it's 154 So I think that 142 143 area is as low as it's going to go. I don't, I don't, it could retest that low. And that's possible. But right now it's doing like the market. It's it's consolidating around the 150 to 155 area. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm thinking this is it, Amit. If you're going to if you own it, I just hold it. I wouldn't sell it. It's pretty low priced. I mean, it's going to make $13.34 per share next year and it's a $154 stock. So you're talking about what? 11, 12 PE. I mean, with a return equity of 49%, which is huge. Yeah, I know all the problems, you know, iPhone and not exciting, uh, you know, they got to come up with a new product, whatever. I understand that, but they're still making money hand over fist. So I mean, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank Vitaly you. in Atlanta. Thank you. Vitaly, how are you doing? You want to talk about gold or, or the gold ETF or the gold miners ETF, GDX? I appreciate the call, Vitaly.
0: Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, um, I currently own it, and uh, it's been doing well. And I just want to get your opinion of like the future outlook of it because um, I'm trying to determine if I should exit while I'm up, or if I should keep holding because it has a good outlook, and possibly even buy more.
2: Okay, I, I've been talking about gold since the beginning, of, the end of last year, and into this, you know, January. Uh, I've been saying that. I think gold this in 2019, this year, is going to be its year. And it looks like it's bottomed in September. It's been working its way up. We own a number of gold mining stocks in one of our managed accounts because we thought it would do well. And GDX has done very well. Um, the last three days has been up pretty strong from 20 to 22 you know, eight, nine percent in three days is pretty good. And it's been, remember it was low, 1750 in September, and here it's now $22, dollars, twenty one ninety seven. And I think it's got more to run, personally, Vitaly. The, the reason why I think that is I think there's gonna there's the fear out there, the fear out there in the investment world seems to be elevated. Well how do I know that? Well look at the look at the VIX. And you can see the VIX is hanging around twenty. Well, that's elevated fear. Usually when there's absolutely no fear, it hangs around 10 to 13, somewhere in there. When There's absolutely no fear. So fear is kind of a little bit elevated, and that helps gold. Fear is one of the drivers. A weakening dollar helps gold. And the dollar's been relatively strong and strong for some time, and it's been going sideways now for ever since, since December, you know, the beginning of December or so. It down sideways to down, ever slightly on it. So it looks like to me it might be starting to roll over. A weakening dollar is good for gold. So I kinda I kinda like I'm not a big gold bug, I'm not, but I kinda like it as a, a trade and I think you still gotta hold on to it for a little while, Vitaly. I really do. Okay. Appreciate the call. That's GDX. That is the gold miners index. Dinesh in Kansas. How you doing, Dinesh?
0: Good. How are you, Steve? Good. How are you,
2: Steve? I am good. I appreciate the call.
3: Uh, I have a question on biotech stock, AbbVie, ticker ABV. symbol ABBV.
2: ABBV? Yes.
0: Um, I recently got into
2: yeah. a uh, small position after they uh, reported, like last week. They reported, like last week. Uh-huh, um, and uh-huh. it has gone down after that. Uh, I want to check with you if, if you think this is a good time to maybe add a little bit more. I think it's a good price. I think it's a very good price right now. AbbVie, everybody, developed humera, pharmaceuticals, biological treatments for rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, and Crohn's disease. I think that's a good place to be. I mean, as far as drugs, because the baby boomers getting older and they're going to have arthritis. Uh, the earnings are very strong; have been. They were up ten percent this year. They're going to be up almost nine percent next year. That's the estimates. The PE is ten. The return on equity is really high. That's really important. And it pays a five point five percent dividend. Now, a seventy-seven dollar stock going to make nine dollars fifty-one cents. I think this is the price you want to buy it. This is where it was at the low in November, right at this price. This is where you buy it. But you might want to wait a few days to make sure it stopped falling. That would be the only thing I would suggest. But the price is very, very reasonable. Thanks for the call. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, Amazon plans to launch a new Middle East marketplace. Hmm. The move will bring a unified brand and back in system for Amazon to the Middle East. Hmm. That story is going to be tomorrow, everybody. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888 99 chart, 888 992 4273.
3: Your typical workday can be very busy assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future. To a period when your money, your accumulated assets, are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans, one firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client-personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com.
0: Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make Invest Talk a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions.
2: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Our main talking point today. Investors remain on the edge even after big January comeback. Well, you can understand that, I think. Uh, You know, there's several reasons why. It's, you know, there's a lot of psychology involved in investing. Long term, long term, I've told you this before. Long term, stocks go up because earnings go up. It's that simple. Stocks go up when earnings go up. But there are times where it's all about the psychology of the market. And what's the psychology right now? market's nervous you can you can tell that you can tell by the movement of the stock prices you can tell that by the vix you can tell that by you know various things when 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 earnings you miss the earnings report and the talk stock tanks that means they're very nervous hands holding on to stocks and you know so th- there's there's things you can tell. Also, you can just look at, and I'm sure many of you never even think about this because it's not your job, but you can look at the flow of money in and out of the market. Look at the flow of money, uh, um, for instance, in mutual funds and extradited funds. Do you know the flow of money has been falling in the past month? In other words, money has been being pulled out of these things. And the whole whole ballgame for the market here is fourth quarter results. What if the GDP number of the fourth quarter comes in much weaker than expected? That's going to make a lot of make for a lot of nervous uh, market participants. So we're not out of the woods yet. We're just not. So it's time, you know, and everybody. When the market was moving up, you know, from almost all of January up until about a week ago ago, for the first two weeks, two and a half weeks, up, 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 up every day, every day. Everybody's getting kind of comfortable. Okay, we're back free. No, you know, I was telling you, don't get too excited about this. And I'm still telling you, I'm not saying that the market, you know, to get too nervous either. I don't want you to panic out. I just don't want you. I want you to be realistic about things. And right now, there's no clear signal. You know what would be very helpful? A couple of things. We get a deal on China. That would be really, really helpful. Brexit gets a deal on Brexit. That would be helpful. Uh, the Federal Reserve says, hey, we're not going to raise rates for a while because the world economy is kind of not in a strong place. We're going to just hold off. That would be very helpful. But I we, haven't, we did get the Federal Reserve backing off a bit from their last meeting. We did get that. But... Backing off a bit is not the same thing. So those would be very, very helpful, those things. We'll we'll see. Will in San Diego. How you doing, Will?
0: Oh, pretty good, Steve. I wanted to talk okay. about any you... May. I hear that the government is okay. going to spin that off. So I'm wondering, will that become a viable investment?
2: Well, it's, it's a viable, invest, viable investment now, but it was controlled by the government. Fannie Mae, remember that for everybody else, uh, I will, uh, during the financial crisis of 2008, Fannie Mae went under basically, but the government held, uh, so the government came in on a black horse and held them up and took ownership basically of the private company. Just like it did AIG, by the way. Um, and you know what? And what does Fannie Mae do? It provides liquidity and stability services for the mortgage market. It buys mortgages, and when it, Fannie Mae is known for paying dividends, that's why you buy it. You buy it because the dividends are solid. And now you know that the government is always going to be a backstop for Fannie Mae, right? Now they're thinking about spinning it off. And make it put it back in private. That's going to take a while. I don't think that's going to happen immediately. Will there's going to be lots of debate in Congress okay. about this? Fannie Mae is FNMA and it's selling for two dollars and thirty cents. And you know it's going it's made fifty it's made money three years in a row now after losing for a number of years before that. And it probably will make money this year to you know 2019. And I, I don't I, you know it's not will it's, not a very exciting uh, uh, investment, and if you're looking for dividends, there's a lot better places to go because, you know, there's a lot more dividends you can make somewhere else. So, I, I wouldn't get too excited about it. It's eventually will spin off and we'll see, but, you know, at this point, the housing market is kind of softening, so, meh, looks elsewhere. Okay, Will? Yeah. Appreciate okay, it. thanks a lot, Steve. J- you're welcome. James in Sonoma. How are you doing, James. Well, we're doing fine. We're I'm going about... to revisit
0: the subject you and I have talked about oh, several weeks ago. This is called IED, okay. International Sweat Dividend ETF. Um, I, I'm rebalancing my portfolio, and I'm shy on it and uh, dividends, uh, or I'm shy on international stocks. Now, I'm sort of getting pushed by, by let's just say, friends, to go into something that's more managed uh, over in Europe uh, because it's not as efficient, and ETFs don't learn as efficient in inefficient markets i guess but uh, i'm worried about brexit right.
2: now what, right, uh, right. what do you
0: think of this fund and what do you think of brexit think
2: of think of- well right now there's no deal all right i mean uh, uh, the prime minister of, of the united kingdom uh, uh, worked out an agreement with uh, the eu and then when it went for a vote she got shot down big time in her own uh, what house of commons or whatever they call their 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 administration there, uh, and she got shot down. Now she's got to go back and try to renegotiate things. So, and they, they, you know, there's a there's a date in March that is supposed to happen. And without any deal, there's going to be a lot of chaos. And that could be a very big problem. And I and I think they're going to be wait to last minute. You know, you know, our government's everywhere in the West, always seem to wait the last minute before and be pushed before they really do anything. And that seems like what's going to happen here. I, 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 I wouldn't be too keen on investing in Europe at this point, but there is an argument that they've been beat up so much that maybe it's time to start putting your toe in there. There's that argument. I think that's a pretty strong argument. But that Brexit scares me. I just don't think they don't have a path yet of how to get out of this. I'm sure they will have one. But they don't have it yet. So James, that worries me. Brexit worries me. What do you
0: me. think of this kind of, Appreciate you the, think of this kind of fund? An ETF, uh, dividend fund for Europe well, regardless of Brexit. Well uh,
2: well, I think the fund is fine because it's full of I've looked at some of the holdings in there and there's some big solid companies in there, and they're not gonna go anywhere. The dividend, if you're focused on the dividend, you'd be all right. I would rather see you buy a, a dividend focused fund here in the United States. <laughs> Excuse me. And we have a number of them. Matter of fact, I have a list of a short list of them. If you if you want that list, James, just send me an email asking for it and I'll send it to you. But I would I would I would concentrate here, not in Europe at this point. Appreciate the call. Thank you, James. This is Invest Talk and I'm Steve Peasley. We stream and broadcast Invest Talk live. And, of course, you do that in the 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock hour Pacific time, 4 to 5 every weekday. It's also available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week via Archive Podcast at InvestTalk.com. And, of course, you can listen and subscribe to InvestTalk Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, you know, those kinds of places. I hope you'll do it. I hope you'll tell your friends because it's really – we cut out all the commercials for the regular radio broadcast for you. And now the lines are open, everybody. 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance, They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through InvestTalk.com. the invest talk radio and podcast continues now the phone lines are open call with your questions 888-99-CHART 888-99-CHART
2: 888-992-4278 okay um home prices home prices uh this is the case shiller 20 home city index And that was just reported for last month. Um, And it rose three-tenths of percent. Three-tenths of a percent. That's the lowest uh, it has been. But mind you, it's still 4.7% higher than a year ago. So it's still better than a year ago. But the housing market has clearly, clearly gone sideways and slowed down. So what were some of the best cities or worst cities? Either one. Well, the worst places have been like uh, Chicago, Cleveland. They were down, shrunk, those prices. uh, 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 Over the last month, seven-tenths of percent, both places. They're up 3.1% and 4.6% year over year. How about the best places? Well, year over year, the best place was Las Vegas, up 12%. Month over month, it was flat, Uh, where else was best? Phoenix was really good. Year over year, up 8%, 8 8.1. And month over month, up three-tenths of percent. San Francisco fell seven-tenths this last month. Year over year, it's up 5.6%. But overall, what you're seeing is a maturing housing market that now uh, is, you know, reacting to interest rates, mortgage rates. They fell from the 30-year fix fell from five percent to four and a half percent here in, in recent weeks. So the hope is that maybe that will spark a little growth. But the problem we have is with the government shutdown, which we're not seeing the numbers. You know, the numbers have been delayed. We don't know for sure. Um, And we probably won't for another month or two what's happening back in December. Because we're supposed to have December's numbers now. So we might not see them until January. They might even skip the whole month and just do an estimate and just move on to January's. You just don't know what they're going to do. They've delayed a number of reports, many of the housing reports. Well, what can you do? You can't do anything. Uh, we can fit another call. Question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART is the number. Hey, Steve. This is Jain here. I have
0: a quick question. Is this the right time to get into technology sector? And if yes, uh, what do you say about QQQ or XLK? Which of them would you suggest? Thanks.
2: Bye. Well, the QQQ is the NASDAQ 100, right? Now, that's what that is. Uh, the XLK ETF seeking performance corresponding to the SP Information Technology Select Sector Index. So it's going to have a different, it's going to have different stocks. It's going to have a lot of overlap. Um, looking at the chart, okay, we know that tech has been pretty good beaten up. I mean, we know that. And the question is, are we end of, Are we at the end of that cycle? And generally, you would say that the cycle doesn't end till, until we get a recession, Generally, that's what you would say. So, well, tech really gets beat up in the recessions or moving into recession. Um, But I think we're still not close to recession. So, it could be, you know, tech really, if you take a look at the charts, take take a look at the percentage drops, very heavy drop. So, you're, you're going to get a bounce. And we've gotten a bounce. The bounce is not nearly as strong as the bounce of the overall market. Bounce of the market is 50 50% from uh, top to bottom, from top to bottom, 50% recovery. From top to bottom on XLK, it was at 75 or close to 76, got down to about 55, and today it's 64. So its it's recovery is only about 35, 40%, not as much. Um, I think you're going to have to be more, buying an index is probably not the way to go. I think if you're going to get into tech, buy some individual tech stocks that have held up better and have good prospects going forward. Buying the whole index, I'm not keen on it at this point. I'll tell you when I am really keen on it, when we're in a recession. When we're in the depths of the recession, not recovered from a recession, in the depths of the recession, when everything is really bad and everybody's gloomy, that's when you buy it then you, that's when you're going to have your best opportunity to make a lot of money in tech. But you know what? Very few people are able to do that. It scares them. It's scary. You're in, you, you know, they've collapsed 50%. Tech's collapse 50%, 60%. Last last big recession was down, what, 80%? <laughs> Whatever it was. How scary is that? And who knows what the bottom is? I can't tell you. If it goes down 40%, is that the bottom? No, I don't know. Might be, could be. Could it go down fifty percent? Sure. Could it go about sixty percent? Sure. But I would start buying probably around forty percent. I certainly would. And then here I am losing more and more money, and I'm buying more as it goes down. That's the scary part when you're buying in a recession. You just don't know where the recession. Sometimes it doesn't even happen that badly either. Don't don't think that that's how far it's got to go. No, it doesn't. It's already been hit pretty hard. So now maybe it's just gonna retest the lows in a recession of the recent lows here made in December. And that recession won't happen for a while. It's if it was easy, everybody could do it. I would not buy a tech ETF at this point. Just my opinion. I would not. I wouldn't mind buying individual stocks, tech stocks, certain ones. This is the best talk, I'm Steve Peasley. The week is moving fast. January, the week, yeah, it's already Tuesday. January is almost over. Well, the month is moving very, very fast. So we still have about 10 minutes remaining in the show today, everybody. So maybe we can make that last. Give us a call, 888 99Chart. On the
0: next Invest Talk. Amazon plans to launch a new Middle East marketplace, bringing a unified brand to the Middle East while helping more U.S.-based sellers expand in the region. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. Let's talk to John in Santa Cruz. How are you doing, John? <coughs> Excuse me. Good, Steve. Thank you. My you want you want to talk about Bra- you want to talk about Brazil telephone huh
1: Yeah for the dividend if the dividend is safe or not I'm wondering
2: uh, I I never use the word safe when you talk about a dividend because that word is reserved for like treasuries and CDs But it's fairly safe okay uh, uh Brazilian provider of local exchange long distance TV network access symbol VIV Telefonica Brazil. And the reason why I say it's fairly safe because the stock is pretty darn cheap. They're gonna make a dollar thirty-seven they made a dollar thirty-seven in 2018. That well actually still an estimate. Dixer, they're only gonna make a dollar one. But let's say they make a dollar one. 1. It's a $12.76 stock, and they pay a 7% dividend. Well, 7% of $12 is what, uh, 80, 90 cents? And they're going to make a dollar, and the cash flow is $2.24 cash flow. So what I'm saying is they have plenty of money to continue to pay that dividend. It's only if they don't want to do it will it be a problem. But they've got plenty of money, and they have very little debt. So it's not like they have debt that they got to pay off. No, they don't. So they can certainly support that dividend if the board of directors wants to continue to do so, and it would be smart of them to continue to do so because that will attract people like you, me, to the stock. So I I think it's fairly safe as long as the Brazilian economy stays okay. doesn't even have to be that strong, just okay. John, appreciate the call. Thank you. That's VIV, everybody. Telefonica Brazil. It's a $14 billion company. So it's not some fly by night playing a high dividend. No. They've always made money for years and years. So they made more money and less money. So it's not like this is not like a gross stock. No. But if you're buying for the dividend, it's not a bad. Remember, never, ever, ever buy more than about 3% of any one stock. Yeah, you can go to five, but I prefer three. Okay. Okay, three, uh, so remember the IRS, IRS, no matter what they say, they say, oh, they're going to be a year behind. I don't know why they're so inefficient that, what do you mean they're going to be a year behind because of the government shut down? The government shut down only what? What? How many weeks? How come they can't catch up in at least twice that much? Okay, two months. Why? What's wrong with the IRS that they can't do it? See, there's big problems there. You know, Anyways things they're going to be looking for when they do audit you. So these are things that are like red flags that they will audit. And one of them is being too generous. Too generous. Okay? Meaning, don't have outside charitable contributions unless you really did have outside charitable contributions. You're going to have to prove it. You don't just get to say you did it. you got to prove it. So be very careful. Uh, Generally speaking, you know, 3%, 5% of your adjusted gross income is not red flag territory. It's not. 10% even, probably not. You get 50%? Oh, you're going to get audited. <laughs> so now where's the gray area? Claiming a loss from your your hobby. Okay, so you have a hobby. You make, I don't know, wooden sailboats, you know, miniature wooden sailboats. And you sell them as a hobby, but you know you sell them and you sell a hundred thousand dollars worth of them. Worth of them, I don't know, ten thousand dollars. I don't know how much it cost. Well, don't don't ask me. But let's say you just sell a hundred thousand. It's a hobby because they're really detailed and you make three or four of them a year. And then you say you had one hundred fifty thousand dollars in uh, expenses. Uh, I don't think so. You can't claim more loss than the earnings in a hobby. You better not. That's going to get you an audit. And another thing that will get you an audit, retiring from your retirement account early. In other words, you are going to pay that penalty because they're going to find you. And if they don't, if you realize, you know what the penalty is if you take uh, from money from a retirement account early before you're supposed to, the penalty is 100% of the tax you owe. Then you also got to pay interest on that. If they don't get around to auditing you for two or three years, they have two or three years of interest on that money. Wow. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another investor program, and I thank you for your loyal support and all your questions. I want you to have a nice evening, everybody, and good night.
1: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.